CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition as we wrap up this week. So glad to join you. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we take this time and set it aside to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events from a biblical perspective, what we hear in church, just to answer your own questions when you read the Bible or someone asks you a question. Hey, we're here for you. That number to call again, 88. 88 ask csn is the number to call you can be part of the program today by simply calling it's live radio and so we look forward to talking to you joining me today special guest and featured csn speaker brad dacus from the dacus report on the weekends who represents people like you and me churches and organizations against unfair laws free of charge oh yeah that's right those that were Uh, forced to get vaccinated, and they wouldn't, and they lost their jobs. Well, that's what Brad uh, defends uh, is our constitutional rights. And Brad, I'm so glad to have you on the program again today. Looking forward to answering some questions with you. Oh, likewise, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I've got some good news to announce. Uh, We had a big victory in one of those kinds of cases dealing with employees who were being uh, persecuted because of their religious convictions. Uh, The city of Seattle has agreed to settle a case we had filed against them on behalf of uh, one particular employee. He was an arborist, so he worked outside looking at trees, but uh, he was told he had to get the vax or he loses his job, irrespective of his his religious convictions. So uh, he lost his job, and we sued. And he not only got his job back, but we also, uh, part of the negotiation was for the city to agree to have all their employees trained on religious tolerance in the workplace. So uh, it's, a, it's a real nice success, and hopefully other cities will follow suit. Wow. And so what do you what do you make of the uh, war in Israel right now where you have, uh, I think, uh, I saw some report that said like 500 staffers either um, showed their, their uh, disapproval, uh, siding with uh, the Hamas terrorists, um, or, or I think they walked off their job. I, I'm trying to, to verify that. I originally thought it was 500 walked off uh, the uh, Biden staffers because they supported, supported the, um, the murderous, barbarous um, Hamas. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I do know. I don't know if they walked off their job, but we do know that they're probably really uh, unhappy with uh, any support for Israel because in writing, they all signed in writing uh, their support for the Hamas and the uh, the PLO, uh, that's what they signed and supported in writing. Not one, not five, 500 of uh, Biden's staff members. So you can see his administration is actually very biased, very much to the, uh, to the, the pro-terrorist uh, uh, organization side than it is really truly to Israel. And that's one reason why Israel has been very careful uh, not to just uh, blindly trust uh, the Biden administration. Uh, they were very trusting of the Trump administration. Uh, they had a, a really tight relationship with the, the Trump administration. Uh, but the Biden administration, it's uh, definitely, uh, I think they'll definitely be praying with one eye open, if you will, 
uh, when it comes to uh, what the what the U.S. promises and what they actually deliver. Yeah, you know, it's really something because we're we're seeing things that unbelievable. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with the Democratic Party, but if they're baby killing, that's what they support. I mean, I mean, not every Democrat, of course, but uh, by and large, um, the powers that be. You know, I, I I watched a little bit of the nominating of the Speaker of the House today, and what I was really shocked to find out is the Democrats have never ever even proposed one bill to protect our, our southern border. Not one. Right. So they deliberately well, want America overran to destroy us. So I don't know um, things that make you go, hmm, but, uh, you know, their, their poster child, Joseph Stalin, who said it doesn't matter who, who votes, it, who count the votes. And certainly you yourself uh, helped uh, reverse... Uh, one of the calls in California uh, where there were mail-in ballots where the people never voted. They called, found out they did not vote, and yet they were stamped Democrat. And so the Democrat who won had to give up his place. Tell us about that real quick, because it proves that our elections are fraud. Trump is right. Everybody else that says there's something wrong with our elections is absolutely true. We proved it here at CSN, and you actually caught him red-handed. Well, we certainly did. Uh, And I want to give uh, double thanks to the head of our church engagement office up in Palmdale, uh, Pastor Peter Mord. Uh, Peter's uh, heads up that that whole division, and uh, they were working uh, in recruiting uh, poll watchers, poll workers, both. And as the ballots came in for the congressional race, which is now occupied by Mike Garcia, Republican, uh, it looked like the Democrat was going to win. But but because there were poll workers and poll watchers there that said, "Whoa, what about this ballot? No, no, that's not their signature." Hey, let's call. Let's call this person and see if they actually voted and voted for this person. And they call and they say, no, I didn't vote today. You didn't vote today. Okay, there's a vote here. Okay, it's, not, it's not your vote. Okay. And one after another after another, over 350 fraudulent, not aired vote, no, fraudulent votes were cast in that one congressional race alone that we know of. And that was enough to tip the race in favor of the Republican uh, because of all the shenanigans and fraud and corruption that were brought in by the Democrat uh, poll workers. It's, it's just, and, 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 and politicians, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just reality. And that's why one thing that we're doing at PJI is we're encouraging uh, churches and others to uh, encourage their people to become poll workers, uh, where they actually are counting the ballots, and then poll watchers, where they're observing what's going on and what's taking place um, to hold them accountable. It's, it's, uh, if we get involved, we can make a difference. And we don't have to have uh, fraud is not a given. Uh, fraud is more of a, a result of, of people not stepping up and playing an active role. It's really amazing um, how, how this goes on. Now, you've got a couple other cases and then we're going to go ahead and go to the phones. You've got a couple other cases uh, going on right now. Just tell us real quickly about that. And really, Brad, how best we can pray or support what you do. Yeah, you bet. Well, Something else we're involved in, it's about a judge in Texas. Uh, she's a Christian judge, and she uh, there was a couple that says, we want you to get, uh, you know, two men or two women said, we want you to marry us. And she says, you know, I can't marry you because of my 
sincere religious convictions, I, I just can't do that. However, here's a list of alternatives and other people and other judges you can talk to. And well, they went ahead and com- filed a complaint against her because, you know, they didn't, it's all about them. It's not about respecting the fact that there's other people who think differently and have a right to think differently, uh, which is very frightening when you look at that movement. That's their end game is to deny anyone the ability to have any different uh, worldview, including Christian worldview. So they filed a complaint against her, and now uh, she was uh, took it up on appeal, and and she was they, she was told, no, you uh, you have no remedy, uh, you have to, uh, we're reprimanding you, uh, you have to uh, do wedding ceremonies even if it violates your conscience, uh, and and you know you can't be a judge. So basically, if if we go down that road, we're going to basically have a a complete purging of Christian judges throughout America if if this plays out. Uh, because all it takes is for one gay couple or lesbian couple to come before and say, we want to get married. They're denied. Boom, there's another judge loses their position. And that'd be horrific for our, our long-term system of justice as we know it. So it's very important. Our, our attorney, Emily Cook, out of our Houston office, uh, is engaged in this one and uh, doing just a, a great job. And we're really, really proud of the work she's doing on behalf of this judge, this Christian judge. So we're living in crazy times. I, I looked a little bit more on that 500. Uh, that was a story that was released by Newsmax. I tried to find it. It looks like it's been taken down. So I just want to keep everybody up to date of what's going on. 8888 Ask CSN is the number to call if you want to be part of the program today. And if you have a legal question, well, today's your day to do it because we have Brad Dacus, attorney at law, uh, with us from Pacific Justice Institute. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Mike from the high desert in California. Hi, welcome. Hello, gentlemen. This is Mike from the high desert. Yes, hi. You're all doing well today? Yes, how may we help? Uh, Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the guest you have on today. Uh, I really support what he's doing, and uh, I'm his biggest cheerleader. So uh, keep up the good work, brother. Um, Thank you. My question isn't about anything legal. unfortunately, but it may border on legalism. Uh, I've been involved with uh, some discussions with one of my neighbors about uh, Bible matters, and uh, this fellow is telling me that his church and he believes that water baptism is an absolute requirement for salvation. Also, he denies the reality of the Trinity. Uh, I think this boils down to what they call oneness yeah, Jesus only, and you have to be baptized in Jesus' name, or you're baptized wrong, and all the other crazy stuff that uh, the Jesus only club is a modalism uh, that they that they uh, they have. Now, a couple of real quick things, very quickly. First John two twenty two, it says, "He that denies the Father and the Son hath the spirit of Antichrist." What? What a blow to knock the wheels off the bus of that doctrine. Number two, when we look at Acts chapter 3, verse 19, they're preaching, and this is what they say. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so the times of refreshing may come uh, from the presence of the Lord. Now, what's important here is it doesn't say you have to be baptized. This is again Acts 3, 19. Paul says, I came to preach the gospel. I didn't come to baptize. Well, if baptism is necessary for conversion, 
then the gospel is baptism. Well, we don't find that in the Bible. Acts 19, Paul coming across some believers, he said, since you believed, have you been filled with the Spirit? And they said, we haven't even heard of any Spirit. Paul then says, how were you baptized? Because you would have been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. How were you baptized? Well, they said John's baptism only. We have another instance there as well. I believe this is important when we understand that baptism is a work that I would do. The Bible says no good thing dwells in the flesh. I cannot generate my righteousness by doing anything. The Bible says it's the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If it is a result of me doing something, joining a church, being baptized, giving all my money, whatever it might be, then that would be a wage, not a gift. The Bible says it's the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But the worst thing about it is they deny the Father and the Son. We remember when Jesus, in the book of Luke, began his earthly ministry. He was baptized by John the Baptist. And the Bible says there was a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son, We have the Holy Spirit descending on him in the form of a dove, and Jesus himself is there. Now, Jesus wasn't bouncing his voice off of a cloud. This is my priest. He didn't do that. It's very clear that we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But wait, there's more. If you go back to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But the word there for God in the Hebrew is not singular. It's the word Elohim, which is a speaking of a plurality uh, or actually triunity of God. Then God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Not the angels. In fact, we never find the angels anywhere in the Bible making anything. They're messengers, they're warriors, they're protectors, but they don't procreate. They don't make anything. But let us make man in our image. Curiously, we're a triune being as well. We have a body, we have a mind, we have a spirit. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree, something died in them that day, just as God said it was, their spirit died. This is why Jesus said in John chapter 3, Marvel not that I say to you, Nicodemus, you must be born again, unless a man is born of the water and of the spirit. Now, they'll say, well, right there, water, and the Spirit. Well, no, no. They're talking about a second birth. Nicodemus even said, do I have to go back into my mom? No, you need to be born of the Spirit. And just like you have a natural birth, when the water breaks, being born of the water, there's a spiritual birthday being born of the Spirit. Being born of the water there in John chapter 3 is in no way speaking of baptism. In fact, to even enforce it, it doesn't say unless a man is born of the Spirit and of the water. No, we accept Christ as our Savior, then we're baptized. You're not baptized before you receive the Lord. Well, notice Jesus said, and the order, unless a man is born of the water and of the Spirit. 
Well, the whole context was Nicodemus saying, do I have to get back in my mom? I, I don't understand this. The whole thing was over the natural birth. But there's also a spiritual birth. That which died in Adam and Eve in the garden, Jesus puts back into us. And what we lost with the first Adam, we gained in Jesus Christ, the second Adam. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like to point people back to the, the time of Christ's crucifixion. There were two thieves on the cross, and one of them basically, to paraphrase, says, well, Jesus, if you're Son of God, get yourself down and take us down off us. You know, save us too. And the other the other thief said, had a repentant heart and said, you know, we deserve to be here. Jesus didn't deserve to be here. And uh, and he cried out to Jesus, and Jesus said, you know, to, you know, to this, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Well, wait a minute. Uh, he's on a cross. This thief is on a cross. He's not baptized. There's no way he's going to be baptized. So if baptism was critical, if that was it, then Jesus was lying, and Jesus can't lie because he's God and he's holy and perfect. Uh, and so it's not about the, the works. Um, it's about grace. I love Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. If you want to memorize, this is one of the best verses to memorize. When you start down the role of what's needed and am I doing enough, um, it's it's for by grace you have been saved through faith, and not and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Some people say, well, that's because that was the exception. The, you know, the thief on the cross. Uh, you know, that was the exception. I say, okay, let's change it a little bit. Let's say the the thief. Let's say it's a, a person who's uh, driving to church to get baptized, and he gets in an auto accident and he dies. They say, well. He was intending to get baptized. Okay, let's say he's scheduled to be baptized a week from now, and he gets hit by a car and he dies. Well, a week, that's probably reasonable. What about if it's a month, or they're, they do it monthly, and he dies? Oh, yeah, he probably will make, I mean, it just becomes ridiculous when we start getting into semantics of works. God is a God who's just. He looks at our heart, and have we made him our Lord and Savior? And to think that a God who is outside and free from the dimensions of time and space would be bound by some a, a work um, which is more for our benefit and for our testimony to the world around us um, that is it just it just goes outside the, the character of God and the messaging of, of so much scripture I hope that helps well thank you gentlemen uh, that does clarify a lot of points let me just cap it off by going back to Matthew 28. Uh, verse 19, where Jesus instructs his disciples to go into the world, baptizing them, that's the word, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What uh, Greek word was translated baptizing there? Does it have anything to do with water immersion? Yeah, and and I believe Jesus exemplified that. Uh, 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 I, I'm trying to think offhand, the, the, the Greek word is baptos. Uh, but it means um, uh, be put in water. Now, let me explain very quickly here so we all understand. In order in the Old Testament to convert to Judaism, you would go to the, the temple, you would renounce your pagan deities, you would embrace Yahweh as your God, and then you would take a ceremonial washing. Now, God always used water in the Bible to separate. Whether we go back to the book of Genesis, he used water to separate the land masses, uh, the, the sky from the earth, all this. We find uh, the children of Israel went through the Red Sea. 
separating them from their slavery experience on the way to the promised land. And then they went through the Jordan River, separating that wilderness experience going into the promised land. We find Jesus himself being baptized uh, as he came up out of the water, the Bible says. So I really believe that, again, it's it's fairly clear in the Bible that that's what what uh, what it's speaking of. This is what made John the Baptist's ministry so unusual. He goes to the Jewish people, not to the pagans, but he went to the Jewish people saying, you, Jewish nation, you need to take a ceremonial washing. Whoa, that was radical because they thought they inherited their spirituality from their lineage. Moses taught us, or Abraham said, It wasn't what God means to me personally. And you'll hear them chide with Jesus, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Moses taught us or whatever. It it, it isn't what they knew personally. It's what they were able to borrow from someone else. This is spiritual pride. And spiritual pride always blinds you to the reality of your real condition. Now, again, we find this with Satan, Isaiah chapter 14, Pride entered his heart, said, I'll be his God. We find people today, pride enters their heart. I don't need nobody. I've arrived. Or I've inherited my spirituality from my parents. That's spiritual pride. And I believe that is what, in part, has blinded uh, the Jewish people to this day. They believe that they're God's chosen people, but I don't really have anything to do with God. I I just enjoy that idea. Well, that's not what the Bible says. So I hope that shines some more light on that for you, okay? Well, I'll do my best. I appreciate your comments and suggestions. Thanks very much. Yeah, and and really, you know, again, the the, the big problem is, and I go to 1 John 2.22, He that denies the Father and the Son hath the Spirit of Antichrist. There is no wiggle room around that in the Jesus-only doctrine, the modalism that you'll find sometimes. So, Mike, uh, I'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think they'll be a help for you. And um, if if you need anything, give us your wisdom. Father, I pray for Mike. You give him the right words to say in love, to point to them, to show how great you really are in Jesus' name. And it's not by works that we do, but it's what you've done for us in Jesus' name. Stay in line, Mike. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to William Powell, Tennessee. Hi, welcome. Yes, sir. Um, this subject really got touched my heart. But I was before I get to what I was really going to say. This something popped up on my heart, and I didn't know that I was going to talk about this. But um, I'm wanting to talk to every, tell everybody that's listening to me right now. Um, when a couple gets in a relationship, they get married, and that ring symbolizes a forever relationship, a covenant. Okay, okay. Anybody that get, that gets into a relationship with God, it says we are trees planted by the water. Okay, mm-hmm. when, when you first plant a tree or plant a plant something, you gotta have water on it first to to, to to help it grow. Okay, we are trees planted by the water, the living water. But anyways, every soul in this world should want to get baptized. I agree, William. And and very quickly, because we don't want to take a lot of time here on this, but I, I agree with you. And it isn't really an option. Jesus said to do it. 
And really, as a believer, it's the first act of obedience that we do. But to say a person would not go to heaven unless they were baptized, the scripture does not teach that. Absolutely, we need to be baptized. We're not discounting baptism here whatsoever. We have baptisms here in our church for new people that accept, accepted Christ. Uh, I believe it's I believe it's one of the sacraments. Uh, we have communion. We have baptism. We have being born again. Um, but when we when we really come to um, the idea that. Well, you know, if you weren't, you know, you accepted the Lord and you were on your way to the baptism to get baptized and you got in a wreck. Oh, well, you go to hell. No, that is not what the Bible teaches. And that's where a lot of these people come in on this kind of idea. That's all we were saying. William, what's your question? Um, my, my, uh, I wanted to say this before I get to the question. Please let me say this. Um, my, 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 my point was is, Baptism is not for, my, my question, my point is, baptism was not, in my mind, it's not a doctrine. It's something you do because you want to put the ring on God's finger until death do you part. It, baptism is something you would want to do because you would want to get married to your wife and give her a ring. So you would want to get married to God and put and get baptized. It, it symbolizes that. But my, my, my question is, last night, or, or three nights ago, I was laying in my bed. I was dreaming. I dreamt something. I did something wrong. And I dreamt about my past. And I woke up and just jumped up out of, out of the blue and said, God, forgive me. And I felt cold chills all over me. And But then it left me as soon as I asked him to forgive me. I don't know what that means, but, but I, I need everybody to pray for me. Because here recently, I feel like something's going to happen to me, and or something bad's going to go wrong, or, or or I just feel bad. I just feel like well, William, gonna... let's let's just pray over you, okay? And by the way, for everybody, the the ring, if you will, the Bible tells us what it is. It is found in the Scripture, and and because we have this this promise from God, the uh, it's Ephesians one fourteen that says. Um, the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our, our, or the earnest money on our, our being born again. It, it's our, uh, down payment, if you will. It's, it's called the first fruits of the Spirit. Uh, it's the earnest of our inheritance is that Holy Spirit. But let's pray for you real quick, okay? Father, we lift up William to you. We don't know what he went through, what that dream was, but we know that you have the very best for him. Father, that because of this, He'll dig in even more to know your word, that he'll dig in to know you. Fill him with your love. Fill him with your spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen. William, we're glad you called. Stay online. We'll send you out books, DVDs. We're coming up on a break, everyone. Don't go away, and we'll have a whole lot more right after this. Are you ready to study to show yourself approved? A workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? In this sad, lonely, and lost generation, people need help. They need Jesus. And who can present the gospel better than you? Calvary Chapel University wants to be a helper of your joy, so you can go out and make disciples who make disciples. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today, and you'll earn outstanding scholarships. 
Most of our CCU graduates graduate early or on time, debt-free, and sound doctrinally. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today. Skip Heitzig is one of our faculty members, and David Guzik is not only a board member, but he just earned his Master of Divinity at CCU. Go to calvarychapeluniversity.edu and apply today and watch God move powerfully in your life. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these spots from MediShare, and Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brant, for real, do you recommend this? Like, yeah, uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff. So family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people my experience has been. MediShare has been fantastic for me. Yeah. It's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. Yeah, and see, a lot of people who've switched tell me that. It's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it, and it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, so really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it. So um, you do the phone number. I'm actually tired <laughs> of doing all the phone numbers. Yeah. Okay. Call now. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Nice job. Thanks. Welcome you back to part two of Terry Mennonettes are here on this Friday afternoon. If you're in the Southern Idaho area, we're going to continue looking at end times. You know, a lot of things going on right now in the world. It's best to be prepared. You know, the Bible says, look up when you begin to see these things happen. That's what we're going to talk about this Sunday. We're going to be looking more at what the Bible has to say about the end days. And so bring your Bible. You're going to use it. And we're going to have a great time studying God's word together. 10 o'clock in person here at the River Christian Fellowship. And if you're listening online or on CSN Radio, starts at 1030. And so um, follow along with us there. So look forward to that. Mountain time. All right. Back to the phones we go. We have Darla on the, uh, Dara on the line, California. Hi, welcome. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Um, I had a question regarding, I'm a little confused. I think I've heard it said that there might be a gap. Um, between the rapture and the tribulation. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping maybe you can clarify that a little bit. My understanding is that the consummation of our marriage starts with the rapture, which is seven years long. Um, And so the tribulation is supposed to be seven years long. So I didn't see the understanding that there might be a gap between the rapture and the starting of the tribulation. Well, I've, I've never heard the consummation being seven years long in, in heaven. I, I haven't heard that. Uh, but I will tell you, if you go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, it says, Then he, speaking of the Antichrist, shall make a covenant with many for one week. Now, the one week, if you look at the context, is speaking of the 70 weeks that were determined upon the nation of Israel till all things are completed. In in the 69th week, Messiah was to be cut off, and that's when they crucified him, and the clock stopped. But God is not done with his nation of Israel, and though they have abandoned God, God has not abandoned them. 
And this is where the danger of replacement theology comes in, that God's finished with the nation of Israel. He has no more to do with Israel than Peru or something like that. No, that's not true. And uh, Jesus fortified that in Luke 21 when he said, Jerusalem will be trodden down by by the Gentiles to the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. So very clearly, Jerusalem is going to be a key player in the last days in Israel. In fact, the Bible says that Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling for the whole world. It certainly is that today. In fact, many people are saying it very well be possible that World War III comes from from Israel. Well, well, I don't think it's Israel. It's, of course, uh, Hamas and Hezbollah and all the other crazy uh, groups out there trying to wipe it off the map. So when we understand what's really going on here, I think we have a better understanding. Now, what starts the tribulation period here is where he confirms a covenant for seven years. This week here is seven years if you read the context. That's what starts the tribulation period. We don't know when the rapture is. And so uh, we just have to wait and see. Now, I don't believe that from the rapture to this one world uh, government is going to be very long because Jesus said, you're the light of the world, you're the salt of the earth. Uh, when when that's gone, the world, I believe, is going to quickly go dark as it is getting darker by the minute, and it's going to be rotten. That's what salt was primarily used for in those days was to preserve things. So I, I believe that when the salt is gone, when the light is gone, it's going to rot and go into darkness rather quickly. But the rapture does not, anywhere in the Bible, start the tribulation period. What the Bible says starts the tribulation period is this covenant that we find here in Daniel 9, 27. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, I think that makes total sense, even from a practical perspective. Uh, you know, when you talk to people, I've talked to people before who were non-believers, I said, so what would you think if suddenly a, a large portion of the, of the human race just suddenly evaporated, just was suddenly gone? And I get the same response, which is, oh, well, that means that uh, aliens just zapped them and took them or dissolved them. And I thought, huh, okay. So if that is the, the deception and the lie, which I think the foundation for it's already laid uh, in, incredibly and very demonstrably uh, by the Pentagon and, and, and every, everything else, if that's what's laid out there, then it's reasonable to see that people would be fearful uh, afraid of whatever this is, and they would have a common enemy, and that's what I think could very easily bring the world together and the Antichrist, uh, etc. Uh, I, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. So, it would, you know, that there would not be some kind of gap. I think there would be an attitude of fear, like never before, desperation that pulls people uh, together to rally behind a common leader, the Antichrist. So, I hope that helps. Well, it does sort of. Um, my 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 understanding is the rapture is Christ taking his bride home, mm-hmm. and as like in the Jewish tradition, there is a, a a consummation period before the marriage supper of the Lamb. Once the marriage is consummated, that then we have the marriage supper of the Lamb at the end of that period, which my understanding is seven years. Yeah, but but th- what I'm saying, dear, is the Bible doesn't say that concerning this. See, that is as an understanding. I, I think that's 
very interesting to think about, but we want to be what the Bible says, and we don't want to read into it. In fact, if we really want to be um, even more accurate, Jesus said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord is going to come. Now, he said that with no preclusion of of, of the rapture starting. Uh, And so we have to be very much aware of it. I believe, though, once the church is gone, I believe it will be rather rapid. Now, am I saying one year, two years, six months? I don't know. I don't think it's going to be very long because there's going to be such a void, such a vacuum when the church is taken out that the people will be looking for a reason. In fact, the world must rally together to keep the aliens from taking more. The Bible says a strong delusion is going to fall on the people. They'll believe a lie. And when I see how delusional our American news media is um, to deceive people, I, I watch MSNBC. I watch CBS. I watch these stations. Their news is so propaganda. It, it's it's not even news. Right. You know, I, I remember when when Donald Trump won the election, and I decided to flip over to MSNBC, and I watch Rachel um, Maddock um, break into tears. I can't believe he's winning. I can't believe he's winning. Friends, that is not news. That is nothing more than journalism and from the other side. That's not news. A real news commentator won't cry, won't show any emotion. They'll just simply tell you what the facts are. Hey, this person's winning, this person's losing. But when somebody breaks into tears, immediately you know it's propaganda. And that's what it is. So you have to just be aware of it um, and... uh, They're going to do this when the rapture comes. Hey, look what they're doing right now with Hamas. Now it's Israel's fault. See, and real quick, I just want to do this again. And Brad, I don't want to. But first of all, no one gave the Palestinians the right to say that they were the only Palestinians. This is a lie. I wish our stupid colleges, you know, the Ivy League schools, Harvard University. Well, you really ought to spend a little time, get your facts right before you're out rioting in the streets. This is why. Because no one gave them the right to say they are the only Palestinians. Palestinians were just people who lived in the area of Palestine when the United Nations, yes, the United Nations gave them their borders. That's right. They gave them their borders. The Arabs didn't like that. But the Palestinians, there are Jewish Palestinians, American Palestinians, Chinese Palestinians. Anybody that lived in the area was a Palestinian. So first of all, years ago, no one gave Yasser Arafat the right to say, well, we're the only Palestinians because there's Jewish Palestinians. They were born in the area of Palestine, though Jewish. Hey, that, that's great. Number two, you hear about the occupied territories. Well, there's no such thing as occupied territories, Harvard. If you remember the, uh, the problems of war, when you start a war like they did, on the Six-Day War, and Israel whooped them. Israel, by law of war, owns Egypt, owns Jordan, owns Syria, owns Lebanon. They gave them their countries back. They only kept those areas, the Golan Heights, the West Bank, the Gaza, 
They gave everything back because this protected their borders. There's no such thing as occupied territory. That's a lie. And I, it makes me so angry when you start a war, Arab countries, and you lose, and you did, there are consequences. To say that it's occupied territory, no, you lost it fair and square in a war. And for all the Hamas people that are sympathizers, you ought to learn your history a little better than perhaps even listening to the American news media. These are the problems that we find. And so understanding this, the desire to destroy Israel, again, this just simply falls in it. Brad, you know, you've been at this for a long time. You're an attorney. Your thoughts? Yeah, uh, everything you said is, is absolutely true. And I'd like to add to it uh, with regards to, uh, you know, intolerance. And, you know, uh, uh, the fact is there were, used to be a lot of Christian Palestinians in Bethlehem yes. and in the West uh-huh. Bank. Uh, but they're not there anymore. And the reason they're not there anymore is because the Muslim Palestinian, Arabic Palestinians, uh, persecuted them and booted them out. Uh, and then and as far as Israel goes, Israel is a democracy. They didn't act like the thugs and as far as in the West Bank and Gaza and, and, and the mass of the persecutions that uh, took place. You know, Israel, actually 20% of Israel are, are Muslim. Uh, people don't realize that. But and they're allowed to vote along with uh, the, the Jewish citizens. They're allowed to vote. Um, so it's, it's really just twisting uh, information. And as far as the people who are living in, uh, in the, the palace, you know, in, in the Canaan, I call it the, the Canaan area, uh, the, you know, the, the promised land, um, actually a, a large percentage of those who are Muslim, quote, Palestinians, um, they actually migrated. Uh, to that area uh, from, you know, from Jordan and from other places, uh, especially after uh, the the Jews and, and Israel uh, began to really develop. So uh, it, it's really, the, the, I, I was just thinking last night how we really, there needs to be a documentary or something that really tells the history, the true history of uh, the new nation of Israel, how they were attacked three times. They didn't start it. no. The nations around them started the attacks, started the wars to exterminate the Jews, to exterminate Israel, and they won all three times. And yet, this is—it's just—it's just ludicrous. I mean, Israel has a right to uh, protect themselves from those who want to, to hate them. So, another observation I want to make real quickly: when the uh, hospital was allegedly bombed by the Israelis, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what happened? In South Yemen and Tehran and in Turkey and these other Muslim countries, even in, in European countries, masses of Muslims just got and they're demonstrating hate, kill the Jews, kill Israel, kill them. This is outrageous. And then when the evidence came out, oh no, it was Hamas who did it. Uh, and the evidence is overwhelming. We know for a fact Hamas did it because they, they uh, delivered the missile right next in the cemetery, right next, right behind the hospital. Because they don't care about human life. They deliberately go hide their missiles in schools and in hot near hospitals. But if, when people found out that they were the ones who were guilty, did we see all those masses rising up? Yeah, AOC and, and all the others? No, they don't yeah, do say nothing. Did they scream against Hamas? No, they didn't. And the reason is because it's not about the hospital. It's about their hearts being desperately wicked and hateful and wanting the death of, of Jewish people and to a great degree Christian people as well, uh, for that matter, those Christians who uh, who don't turn against Israel, 
they're also being persecuted on our college campuses. So this is a major testament of exactly how, how desperately wicked and hateful and dangerous so much of the world is towards Israel and towards believers for that matter. And I think that's how we need to look at it if we're going to look at it objectively. Yeah, so I, I hope that helps. Andrea, you won't find, excuse me, Dara, you won't find any uh, verse that says, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, when the rapture comes, then the tribulation starts. Uh, you don't find that immediately. You you do find it, though. I do believe Jesus spoke a little about that in Matthew chapter 24, as in the days of Noah were, social coming of the Son of Man be. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, party times. And then the the judgment uh, fell on the world as the flood. I believe that judgment will fall again on the people of this earth. But it may not be the next day. It might be a matter of, of months or even years before uh, that that starts. So hope that helps. So we can be in the rapture 10 years, five years, getting our rewards, the beam at seat, all of that before the the beginning of the tribulation starts. Yeah, we don't know. The Bible doesn't really say. Right, because we don't know. And and so that's the thing that we have to we have to go by. What starts the tribulation is that in in Daniel chapter 9 where this this antichrist signs a covenant with Israel for 7 years. Very clearly, the tribulation 7 years long. So very clearly that's what starts it. Now, was the world primed, maybe because of the rapture, for this to happen? Yes. But it isn't the rapture comes and then the seven-year tribulation begins. No, that is not what the Bible teaches. So I believe that it can be, I don't think it'll be very long, though, because I think, as I said earlier, there's going to be such a vacuum when the Christians are taken out that the world's going to rally together to uh, prevent anybody else from disappearing, and, you know, the world will be as one. So, hope that helps, Dara. Stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy, okay? I appreciate you both. Thank you. God bless you. Let's go to Andrea in Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi, Pastor Mike. Thank you for taking my call. And uh, hello, Brad. I called a couple weeks ago before um, this mess in Israel broke loose. and about my grandson that we have lost contact with um, through the court system. And today I have a question about the innocence of children uh, pending the rapture. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a two-pronged question. Um, number one, uh, he's, he's not going to hear the rest of the good news where he's currently living. And pending this adoption, and I know this may sound like a horrible question, but if this child were to take his own life out of despair, uh, you know, an eight and a half year old at the end of a jump rope hanging in his closet, uh, pending this adoption that he does not want, would that be a forgivable sin? Would he still be considered an innocent child? And will I get to see this child? How old are we talking here? Eight and a half. Oh my goodness. Well, if this is even a thought of his, he needs to be he needs to really be watched because uh I do believe demons are real and I do believe the power of their suggestions can do a lot of damage to somebody. Um uh and and uh, your thoughts, Brad. Yeah, uh 
That's a that's a tough one because, uh, you know, there uh, there is a, a point of of accountability when uh, we have the capacity to uh, to understand the truth, to understand the gospel, and uh, to uh, to accept or reject it. Uh, the Lord, you know, some people say age age of eight. I've heard of ten. Some say, you know, we've heard you know stories of kids coming to Christ at a very very young age. Uh, my daughter, she was not even yet four years old. And her life was clearly changed. She clearly had the Lord uh, as her Savior. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really difficult and it's hard to speculate. We can trust one thing, and that is God is a loving God. He wishes for none to perish, no, not one, uh, for all to come to the, to the knowledge of the truth, to, to receive him as Lord and Savior. And so we know that God will be just. We know that God looks at the heart, um, and, he, uh, and he also understands uh, our uh, our sin, our sinful nature. Some people believe, well, you know, suicide is something. You know, that's the unforgivable sin. That's not supported by Scripture uh, at all. So the suicide itself is is not determinative of whether or not you go to heaven. Now it's going to be, I think, really painful when we get to heaven if we take our life and to see what we denied the Lord uh, after all He did for us to be able to to do in our life and to work through our lives. Uh, but the suicide itself is not the determinant of determining. The determining issue is whether or not um, he's had that that uh, that age of culpability, of, of accountability, and and uh, and cognizant uh, ability to be able to uh, understand the gospel and have that that opportunity to receive a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the best I could give you on that. But I definitely wouldn't worry about it. I'd pray for him, and uh, but I would not uh, I would not worry about it. And uh, you know, God can God can intervene, and God has saved many many people who've attempted suicide and uh is he's a powerful god and he can he can definitely do that brad what real quick what can this kid do to keep from being adopted where he doesn't want to be adopted i think that's probably a much deeper uh and really the root of this question yeah you're right it, it's it is very difficult um i think that the, the you know there's no communication here between the grandparents and the and the grandchild which is unfortunate um i i would uh you know, the, the child can uh, talk to his school teacher and say, I'm not happy. I, I don't want to be with my ado- adopted parents. I feel sad. I feel depressed. Um, I want to be with my grandparents or whatever. Uh, you know, he can express those things. School counselors will sometimes be brought in. Sometimes they'll be making the determination, this is not healthy. This is dangerous. Uh, we need to reconsider where the child is. Uh, you know, but the, the, if the grandparents play an active role in this in any way, and the authorities find out about it, you know, did your grandparents tell you to say this? Have you talked to your grandparents? Uh, then that could basically take the grandparents permanently off the list of consideration if they think that they, they in any way are, are coaxing him or co- coaching him uh, to say this. So it's, it's a very, very tight, um, uh, difficult situation. Uh, but he needs to be, uh, be I'd, we need to pray for him and he should be open and express his feelings to his, his school teacher and, Hopefully, the school counselor, and, and hopefully, they'll uh, identify the, the uh, dangerous depression that he may be experiencing and, and the need for a ch- for a change. So, I hope that helps, and and we'll be praying for you uh, that you know he can get get some help and get where he wants to be. Okay. Will you lift him up in prayer that prior to this adoption, that he uh, the siblings will be uh, considered in the home study. 
uh, by that social worker. We are praying. Father, we for... just give this whole picture to you. You know what's best. You know what's going to be best for this child. We just pray for his protection. Lord, we ask you to bind the devil from any thoughts of taking his own little life and just ask you that you would put around him people that love you. Father, do the very best for your kingdom in this young boy's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Andrea, stay on the line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. We also have It's Not Greek to Me. We'll send that out to you as well. And um, our prayers are with you. Let's go to Lori in Vancouver, Washington. Hi, welcome. Well, hi. Well, you guys have some hot topics. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Thank you. Yeah, you do. Thank you for having the difficult questions. And um, I think I have one, another one for you. So I'm grateful that our country has the Freedom of Information Act. We've gotten a lot of interesting and very troubling information from that throughout the years. But um, I... If I can, if, if, and I, if I can believe, which I do believe, the text messages that I'm getting of all from, um, the Justice, um, Washington Justice Watch, I forget, I'm not good with names. Anyways, they're saying multiple thousands of people have, have voted illegally and la, 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 which basically discounts the race. And, and if that's the case, that's not just a one person that they voted for. All of the people on that ballot were probably, you know, voted for illegally as well, which means that the whole cabinet, let's just say Congress, is illegal. Right. Okay. And in fact, if you watch the movie 2000 Mules, it shows you how corrupt our system really is. Brad, your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I've heard great reviews uh, about that. I the great thing about uh, 2000 Mules is that it's very well documented. It's very uh, factual. Uh, it's not, you know, just sort of innuendos and implying this or implying that. Uh, you know, so I think that's something that, that people need to watch, especially if they have the mindset, well, oh, there's always a little fraud here and there. You know, someone in my church said that to me, and I thought, how can they say that uh, with the, the, the evidence, the objective evidence out there? We know in Nevada more than 3,500 quote-unquote dead people, people who aren't even alive, voted in just Nevada alone, over, over 3,500, it's 3,800 actually. Um, so we, we, you know, we know it's, it's, it's just it's widespread, it's massive, and uh, that we can do something about it, uh, which is elect legislators who adopt uh, election reform. The red states have done that. Uh, we've seen some positive in that regard. But also people need to get involved and get, get active, register the people in their church to vote. Uh, we need the, the more people that vote, the more for candidate A, the more difficult it is for candidate B to fraudulently uh, overcome that. And then uh, and also to be poll workers and poll watchers and, and to pray. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, you know, democracy is, is not a, a given. It's it's something we have to, to work for to have a democratic republic. And uh, it's uh, it can easily be taken away from us. And. I know that's a big concern many people have after this last election moving into 2024. Yeah, and um, the people who want to take it away don't care how much they got to cheat, lie, and steal to do it. I think the the proof is uh, out there. 2000 Mules, great movie. You ought to watch it over the weekend, think it'll help you. Remember, this Sunday, love to see you here at the River Christian Fellowship, 10 o'clock, 1030 on the radio. Thanks, Brad, from Pacific Justice Institute. Thanks for being on. Look forward to being back with you. Have a blessed weekend. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226. 
or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes Store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 